0: Corey ran his fingers through his hair, trying to decide if he should style it or just let it air dry. He had finally broken down and called John, agreeing to go out on a date with him. He could remember locking eyes with John that night at Club Berlin, those smoldering eyes that were a shade of green Cory had never seen before. And then, again at the hospital, Cory could feel someone watching him and when he turned, he met John's gaze as if those two situations weren't evidence enough that the man was interested in Corey. The business cards and the departing words that day when John left Victor's house, "'Call me anytime,' accompanied by a lingering stare were glaringly obvious attempts to get Corey's attention. It wasn't that Corey wasn't attracted to the tall drink of water that was Detective John Brennan. He was definitely attracted." It was more a survival instinct Corey had ingrained into his subconscious after a lifetime of pain and disappointment that made him hesitate every time he pulled out John's card. While Corey was pretty sure that John was truly interested in him, not his online persona, and was also pretty sure John would never intentionally hurt him, life was a bitter, cruel bitch. So, Corey stood by the facade he had erected around himself. There was something about the detective that had gotten under his skin already, though, and they had not even exchanged more than a few words yet. John was obviously infatuated, and Corey was intrigued. Then there was the fact that Corey had not been on a date in years, so he was out of practice. His own personal demons aside, his line of work wasn't really conducive for dating, Most men that pursued Corey were after the notoriety that came with dating a gay porn star or just using him to get close to one of the other models they had the hots for. And then there were the ones he really liked that ran in the other direction as fast as their legs would carry them as soon as they found out what he did for a living. That voice in the back of Corey's mind reminded him, John is not like that. The truth of the matter was that Corey didn't know what John was like at all. Corey tucked away his doubt and decided to enjoy his evening and find out just what kind of man John Brennan was. Turning sideways, Corey checked out his profile in the mirror, trying to look nice but not like he was trying too hard. He had decided on his favorite jeans from the buckle and a blue long-sleeved Henley from the Gap. They weren't going anywhere fancy, just to a local sports bar for beers and hot wings, but Corey wanted to look nice regardless. He jumped when the doorbell rang and then laughed at his reflection in the mirror. Corey quickly finished getting ready, brushing his teeth, taking a piss, washing his hands, then almost jumped out of his skin when he opened the bathroom door and damn near ran right over Dusty. Jesus Christ, Dusty, you could have knocked. Warn a guy you're lurking on the other side of the bathroom door. Corey glared at his roommate and best friend. Lover boy's waiting for you in the living room. You said he was hot. What you failed to mention was that he's the real-life version of Don Flack with smolder and green eyes. And that accent? Swoon worthy, Dusty said, dramatically fanning himself as if it were 100 degrees in their apartment at the moment. Corey laughed, shoving past Dusty and heading into his bedroom to put on his shoes and grab his jacket. Corey became accustomed to Dusty and his flair for the dramatics long ago. He was right, though. John did bear an uncanny resemblance to Don Flack, a detective on CSI New York. They had been binge-watching the series as of late, since it was streaming on Netflix. Corey could remember thinking the same thing when he first met John at Club Berlin. He was tall and built with black hair, the accent, and that almost ever-present 5 o'clock shadow, just like Eddie Cahill, the actor that played Flack on the show. The only difference really was that John had green eyes instead of blue, and that his hair was in a constant state of unruliness. Flax was always perfectly quaffed. Dusty leaned against Corey's bedroom door, grinning like the Cheshire Cat. Corey knew that grin. That grin promised trouble not far behind. Whatever it is you are thinking about doing or saying, forget it. Corey tried to sound stern, but failed at masking the mirth in his voice. Dusty feigned innocence, holding his hands up in surrender, silently saying, Who? Me? Corey shoved past him again, praying he could get John out of the apartment before Dusty said or did something that would embarrass him. John had his back to him when Corey walked into the living room. Corey stopped and admired the view for a few seconds before Dusty strode past him, smacking Corey's ass and mouthing the word, Behave.